When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Classic NBA podcast. I am Jason Mann, and joining me as always is Rich Krejci. Rich, good to be with you. Yes, I see you again. It's been uh, quite a while since we talked. What two weeks since we uh, finished our <laughs> our marathon of the uh, the NBA Finals Game Seven series, and we're we're finally back at it though with yet another arduous long project. But this one's gonna be a yeah, lot of fun. This, yeah, I, I cannot. Right. It was it's what we've wanted to do forever, pretty much since the moment we started. You know, the idea of doing this podcast and. It's one that we're just going to work through the entire summer, and, and, and I don't know if we're going to come to a conclusion. I don't know what the hell we're going to do with it, but it's going to be fun along the way. So that's all I know. Yeah, we're um, looking back at the uh, the 50 greatest players in NBA history, the uh, list that was uh, compiled in 1996 and uh, was celebrated at the 97 All-Star Game. And we're um, the first part of this is what we're going to do is we are going to look back at all 50 players who were chosen just kind of take a glance at each one, sort of look at them in a new light, you know, thanks to, you know, maybe looking at some advanced stats for those guys that, of course, weren't really around in 96, 97. Um, and, uh, and just, and, you know, just kind of consider them from a wide range of, um, of criteria. And, uh, you know, just kind of a purpose is to have fun, to talk about the uh, history of the game that we love. Um, and and uh, so we're going to, we're going to go through the sort of the no-brainers on today's show, you and I, and then we're going to yeah. have Curtis Harris on, and we're going to do a few shows looking at the other candidates who, you know, if we were going to redo this list in 2015, who, you know, may or may not make the uh, may or may not make the list, you know, based on different things. And then from there, I think we're going to look uh, mostly at um, post 1997 players. Um, 
and decide, you know, okay, hey, would they be on this list? Would they not be on this list? And mm-hmm. why? I just it's sort of a, a way, I guess, just to have like a you know rich discussion of the history of the game of current players and kind of where they stand and all those things, and maybe looking ah. at like what the best way is to you know evaluate these players. Sure, and and that's gonna be one of the issues that we're gonna kind of run through with, with a lot of this is that we're talking, we're spanning you know all eras here, and it, it becomes an issue when you try to. You know, how do you connect LeBron James to George Mikan or what? I mean, it, it's super, super hard. And that's going to be one of the things that we're going to kind of tackle and 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 talk and, and, and theorize a little bit about as well, because some people have different methods. You know, we're going to use advanced stats. We're going to use basic stats. But then we're also sometimes just going to have to say, hey, look, you know, like the game is not the it's, it's so hard to compare these two guys. So, you know, on its face, you know, a, a George Mikan type would be seem so out of place in today's NBA, just as LeBron would seem out of place, you know, in the 50s NBA. But understand that those guys have to sort of live in their eras and we can't necessarily plop them into different things and and have everybody be in the same nba because it's just it's just not possible and not plausible so that's gonna be fun it's a nice little kind of fun discussion here and and like i said i i don't know if there's like an unguy like a a truth of okay we have come up with the definitive top 50 and all of you are wrong or or something like that but it's gonna be fun to kind of get different people's opinions And, and that's one thing throughout this entire series that we'd love to hear is that immediately following a podcast if you listen to it and you say oh you guys are completely idiots like there's no way that that guy's a shoe in or that guy's out or that guy's on the bubble or whatever we'd love to hear from you over and back nba and that that's going to be a big part of this entire project is is seeing what people think and what what sort of what their opinions are of this list who you would put on post 97 all that sort of stuff but i'm excited to, to tackle it and get into it yeah and if there's something you know we talk about a certain player and there's something really important that we you know just don't mention that you think might you know be worth changing sure. our mind on, on somebody individually that would be great too or um or, or that kind of thing so we're we, we of course would love you know any kind of feedback that we can get on um on this type of stuff and you know pointing us to information that we may not have considered you know we're we're absolutely um you know we're up for discussion on basically any aspect of this uh no matter how obscure or nutty i think we're going to try to be you know it's our summer project so we have plenty of time until because uh you know we could break down yeah. and be a free agency we might do a few shows you know otherwise throughout the summer but this is our big focus this entire you know off season is this and the entire summer is this sort of project and, and this top 50 so yeah we have plenty of time to go over every little nuanced whatever you want <laughs> as far as it relates to the top 50 list so Absolutely. So, um, so today we're going to talk about, uh, you know, the, the basically the no brainers, the the guys who are absolutely in that, um, you know, without much of it, without any argument or much of an argument at all. I know there's a few players that I think we're going to look at a little bit more deeply that maybe you could, there could be a qualification, but but these are basically players who. Um, you would say were top five in the league for about five years and top 10 in the league for about 10 years. That was kind of the criteria that we went with as far as guys who, you know, are, are basically shoe-ins that don't require, you know, too much additional discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a few other uh, criteria as well. We're going to look, you know, as I mentioned, at advanced stats. And, and for, for people that aren't really familiar, I'm not going to kind of run down what each one of these stats mean and all that sort of stuff. We're just going to kind of, you know, say them throughout this. And if you're interested in what they mean and, and how they were calculated and whatnot, Feel free to look it up. Basketball Reference is a great resource for all these. Um, anywhere, I mean, there's there's plenty of other sites as well, but Basketball Reference would be, your, I think, your top one, and that's where we got all of our information from for this project. But, yeah, we're going to talk win shares, win shares per 48, you know, value over replacement player, uh, VORP, uh, box plus minus, BPM, uh, PER, the player efficiency rating. So you're going to hear those. I Like I said, I don't want to spend every single time explaining what each of those are. So if you're curious, if you're not aware, and you're saying, oh, what the, what the hell is this, this value over replacement player they're talking about, feel free to look it up on Basketball Reference, and they do 
do a great job of, of breaking down, you know, the calculation almost to a, a painstaking degree of exactly what goes into it. But if you don't really care, it, we're just going to kind of mention those as well as a part of the package. Um, and then counting stats as well, you know, being top 20 in a certain points per game and a certain, you know, leaderboards and all-time leaderboards and awards and all that sort of stuff, you know, MVPs, all NBA, you know, all defensive team, all that sort of stuff. And, and being an important part of good teams as well, I think is, is, is an important distinction to make, you know, being the, one of the top two players on a winning team, being the best player on a, a team that wins, you know, a title, being, you know, even being second fiddle on, on numerous title teams, it, it, it all sort of counts and it's all part of the package that we're going to kind of break down with every one of these candidates so yeah and i think you know we'll definitely consider somewhat of like okay was this guy really influential um you know was he really important and also things like okay um you know peak production versus longevity i mean you know there was this guy you know he was good for a few years that maybe didn't have the long career how do we weigh this versus okay this guy maybe didn't quite have the same peak but he was just so good for so much longer you know we're in and it'll obviously be a you know, depend on the individual case. And, you know, I don't know if we'll be 100% consistent about it because it's always hard to uh, c consider those things, but we'll definitely, that, that's sort of the, kind of what we'll be looking at for sure. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we, we can be, you know, consistent and, and bipartisan and, and stuff like that about, you know, counting stats and, and top 20 and that sort of stuff, but things like influence and, and, you know, th that sort of stuff's always going to have a little bit of minutia to it. So it's going to be sort of, yeah, like you said, it's going to be those are going to sort of be case by case things where we're going to have to talk at a little bit more length and that sort of because it wouldn't be fun if we just did a list of, OK, here's win shares. OK, here's the top 50 win shares. The end. Like, you, you know, yeah. that's that's not very fun. Or oh, yeah, these guys are, you know, points per game plus, you know, assists plus rebound. OK, we figured it out. We're done. OK, that's yeah. it. So it's going to be a little bit more nuanced to that of these guys, because that, that makes it a little bit more fun, I think. I mean, from my standpoint, you know. Obviously, if you listen to the show, I'm very big in you know advanced stats and statistics. But I understand when we're doing a list like this, and and the way we're setting this list up is that we're going to put in factors like team success, like that the success that you know that player achieved, and then also you know you know like you mentioned influence, like a guy you know changing the game in in some sense, being a a player that people remember, being you know a, a big part of the game for whatever period he was. That that all that stuff's really important. So it's all going to kind of come into this list as well. Absolutely. Um. So shall we begin? Yeah, let's do it. I, right, I, I well, can't wait for our, our very uh, heated argument about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's inclusion in this list. Absolutely. Yes. He, he uh, was, of course, the center, uh, played from 1970 to 1989, uh, six times MVP, uh, 10 time well, All-NBA. That's not too many. <laughs> yeah. That's not a lot. I mean, come on. That, what about all those other yeah, years, that, Kareem? That, <laughs> yeah. All, the other 14 years, we did not win Yeah, MVP. he's got 14 that's years, we, we really did win MVP. On. So, right. I yes. Mean, why, we always talk about these six MVPs. Let's talk about the 14 other years. What are you doing, Kareem? That's that's your hot take of the uh, of the day so far. Um, and I'm done. A, and uh, ten time All NBA first team, five time All NBA second team, uh, first all time in win shares, and seventh all time in win shares per forty eight. Uh, the most points, games, and minutes in NBA history. Also made ten NBA Finals and won six NBA championships. So and he's on my TV right now in a Travel Wisconsin commercial. Oh, nice! Very bizarre. I look up. I ju I, I read Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I look up, and there he is. Yeah, ironic. Yeah, ironic that Kareem would be, uh, you know, touting Wisconsin yes. these days since he wanted to get out so bad. <laughs> yeah, I, it's the irony of this commercial of, oh, just come to Wisconsin. It's a great state. is is the greatest yeah. thing ever. People Maybe he just likes out, visiting. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, visit Wisconsin. Yeah. Don't live here. It's terrible. But uh, yeah. come for a week. But uh, yeah, I believe um, I believe Kareem uh, should probably stay on the list and and was a very good choice. So there, I think that's exhausted our Kareem discussion that we. 
possibly have. So absolutely. Uh, and next is uh, Charles Barkley, uh, one of the greatest power forwards ever, played from '85 to 2000. Uh, won an MVP, uh, was a five-time All-NBA first team, five-time All-NBA second team, and, and once was the NBA third team. Uh, 16th all-time in win shares, ninth win shares per 48. Um, I, the only thing that would knock him down a little bit to me is, you know, he didn't quite have the longevity of some of, you know, like a, sure. like a Duncan or Carl uh, Malone. I mean, basically by any other standard, he is, you know, he had a, you know, a long, extensive career, but um but other than that um you know he obviously was was outstanding yeah he's got a pretty clean resume here it's, yeah, it'd be hard to argue. i mean yeah yeah you can maybe maybe in, in 30 40 years when we when we you know when you and i get back on these waves and, and, and discuss yes. that list right then maybe you know we can sort of talk about it or whatever but at this point right now i mean there's there's no way you could either bump him off or or, or think of him as anything but a, a great candidate for this yeah absolutely um next is our old friend rick barry who we yes. uh, did our first podcast on and uh played small <laughs> will the warriors to a championship yeah 1975 warriors to a championship yeah who led to our inspiring the 2015 warriors exactly right that's yeah. I'm, so, I'm still taking credit for that i, I still yeah. tell all my friends yeah well you know the real reason they won is yep yeah uh small forward played from 1966 to 1980 spent four years in the aba during that time was actually first team player all four of those years for the aba also a five-time all nba first team and a one-time all nba second team uh 38th all time in win shares 63rd in win shares per 48 so a little bit low on the win shares per 48 list i mean still very mm -hmm. good but you know not within the top 50 um, but I, you know, I, I still think he's comfortably in, um, obviously, uh, I, I don't know if there's any, anything that you have to add to that. Not really. I, I think he is. And, and again, he might be a guy like Barkley where, where some years down the line, maybe you can start a discussion about him or what, but, but for right now, I mean, there's no, especially, you know, five team all, you know, NBA first team and, and the ABA stuff we're going to count, you know, you know, obviously as, as a big part yeah, of the project as I'm, well. Right. And I, I'm, I'm unclear as to whether that was considered for the, yeah, um, I don't know. The NBA yeah, um, but but I, I think it's certainly worth counting. I mean, I I, I think it's uh, it it changes a few players' resume, but I don't think necessarily with maybe one or two exceptions is a make or break uh, kind of thing. But um, you know, it, it I, I think Barry, even regardless of those, I mean, I, I'm using that to sort of sweeten his resume. I think regardless of those, he's still probably you know up there. But yeah, I mean, the yeah. the you know making the all you know ABA team every single year that he was in the league. You know, I think I think absolutely Rick Barry is a is a perfect candidate and and. and yeah, like I said, years down the line, if you want to, you know, bring it up and, and and maybe there's a discussion about him in 20 years, but right now, no, there's there's definitely not. Uh, Elgin Baylor is next and uh, played small forward uh, 1959 to uh, 72 for the uh, Lakers, 10-time uh, All-NBA uh, first team. Uh, the thing that uh, he's lacking a little bit is in the uh, advanced stats. He's mm -hmm. 72nd all-time in win shares and 105th in win shares per uh, 48. And that, that kind of gave you pause a little bit. Yeah, I was a little bit interested. And, and we sort of were, were going back and forth about a few of these guys. And, and one of your questions, at least with Elgin Baylor, is, you know, why do advanced stats not match up to his reputation? Why do we sort of assume and, and and you know rightfully so we assume that elgin baylor is a top 50 player of all time and, and i don't really have a huge argument with that either but you look at advanced stats and you kind of go oh yeah i don't know like it, it's it's a little interesting because um you know we ran some numbers here and, and all players with 50 plus uh win shares 17 per and 0.100 uh win shares per 48 through 1972 so those are you know elgin baylor stats how does he rank sort of with those guys um he's 11th in win shares 8th in per and then 29th in win shares per 48 
Uh, he's also sixth in in overall points of those six in rebounds and and eighth in assists. So he he's got a weird resume in the sense that you know in overall numbers and and longevity sort of stuff he does quite well. But per like efficiency stuff and like the win shares per forty eight and per you know minute stuff. He doesn't grade out very well. You know, like you said, 105th in win shares per 48 all time, which is, you know, not a particularly great number. I mean, it's not, it's no slouch when we're talking top 50 players of all time and the guy is 105th. You kind of go, oh, geez, that's kind of weird. Uh, the biggest thing with him, and, and that's sort of something we're going to have to sort of tackle a little bit as we go on with this, is he played in an era where, you know, it was a little bit different of, we know now that, you know, guys are, are super aware of the efficiency of shots and I, I'm not just going to chuck up shots and, and, and give up possessions and do all this sort of stuff. Every shot I take has to count. It should be from the best spot on the floor. It should be the best shot possible. Whereas other eras, you know, the education wise, they, I mean, yeah, obviously it's always been put the ball in the basket and the guy that puts the ball in the basket more is probably better than the guy who doesn't, but there's a little less, you know, comfort there. I'm not sure the exact word, but whereas Elgin Baylor, you know, he's 24th, um, among that data set of guys that we brought up in, in field goal percentage, 15th and free throw percentage. And he's just hurt, you know, by those a lot of, of just not being a very efficient scorer, efficient shooter as he went on. Also some other things too. He's hurt by having a lot of mediocre uh, seasons mixed in with his elite ones. Uh, his 59, 60, uh, 60, 61 and 62, 63 seasons are great. They're like elite level. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Uh, in between those though, he has a lot of mediocre ones. Um, you know, he's below five win shares in uh, 64, 65 and 65, 66. And then from age uh, 28 to his final year in age 37, he, he never had another 10 plus win share season, which is, you know, that, that's not like, that's very hard to do is get 10 plus win shares. But the fact that he went that long, you know, almost, you know, eight or he went eight years, you know, with, without having that, you know, in the tail end of his career really hurts those kind of efficiency numbers and the win shares per 48 and all that sort of stuff. Uh, he only got close in uh, 68-69 when he had 8.5 win share. So not a total slouch again, but yeah, he had trouble getting to that elite level again after those three seasons. So he's an interesting one. I I want to say yeah for sure, but he's one that I almost want to put on like a little asterisk just to kind of look at a little bit more. Whereas if you know if we have a strong case to replace him with a bunch of other guys, maybe he's one that we talk about. But it's interesting because it's hard to say because it's Elgin Baylor and you're like, no, that's that's really weird. But it, it, it's you know kind of unraveling in this project and looking at you know those advanced stats. He he kind of you start bringing up some questions about him. Yeah, and he had you know a pretty severe severe injury in the '65 playoffs, knee sure. injury, and he was never quite the same player after that. It was still you know was good and you know and volume wise he was you know an incredible uh, you know he still produced very well. But um, I mean you're right even by the standards of his era he was a bit of a chucker um he did um one thing you know one thing i'll say about the influence aspect and 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 i don't know how much exactly i consider this but you know he was really the first i mean he kind of began tradition that sort of continued with connie hawkins and continued with julius irving and continued with jordan as far as just being like the do-it-all like above the rim superstar who can score yeah. and who can pass and who can you know get the ball to the basket and it was just um and was just amazing athletic and could dunk incredibly and you know i mean he wasn't you know he was the guy who sort of um you took that to another level and and, and inspired you know a lot of other players um as well and uh and and that's worth something i don't know exactly how much it's worth um but yeah i mean i, I think we both have um it's hard to imagine elgin baylor not making our final list i mean i would say that's, all, that's almost impossible but it is i think worth you know one thing about this project it's worth it um you know taking you know 
for lack of a better term, sacred cows and looking at them a little bit more deeply and saying, well, you know, okay, maybe we can, you know, at least talk about it and have a conversation about, you know, wh where that value is and how well the numbers do it at looking at him and what else we need to consider and, and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So he might be, he might be one to sort of add to a, to another list that we'll, uh, we'll, we'll bring up later. But yeah, as far as him, I mean, it, like you said, it's very hard to envision this list without him, but you know, and that's the point of this is to kind of bring up some discussions about guys. Cause it wouldn't be any fun if we just said, yeah, everyone's good. <laughs> Perfect list. The end. So yeah, yeah exactly. So, uh, next is uh, Larry Bird uh, played uh, small forward, mostly some power forward, actually early in his career from 1980 to 92. Three-time MVP, of course, led the Celtics team to three championships. Um, Nine-time All-NBA first team, one time on the second team. 26th uh, in win shares and 19th in win shares per 48. Um, not really much argument against Larry Bird, I'm going to guess. Uh, not really, no. I think uh, I think he is a worthy <laughs> candidate. Yeah, he, he's another one. That, I mean, what can you really do? I mean, I, I don't think he's ever going to be up for a real big debate uh, on this. I mean, that, that's yeah. that's yeah. I mean, that's like a, an elite elite guy. I mean, that that's yeah. He's he's top fifty. Yeah, probably. Uh, next, I, I don't. Probably, I don't see any. I, I don't envision. Yeah, I, I don't envision yeah. anybody uh, bumping him off. But we'll yeah, see. obviously the influence of you know him and Magic transforming the popularity of the oh, game. I mean, well. yeah, from yeah. that. Even if you want to make an argument statistically, and and again, you're you're probably never going to win that argument. Even if you want to do that, I'm still going to say, okay, well, yeah, he he basically took was one of the the primary people of taking the NBA out of the doldrums into this era, right? You know, and and they're about to sign, you know. A, a, <laughs> 10 trillion dollar tv deal like yeah I, th I think it's okay yeah he's he, he's there so yeah uh, it's not 10 trillion it's actually like 26 million a billion isn't it what is the exact uh, it's number a lot. That? like it's it's ungodly yes <laughs> it's, it's a lot yeah i don't know it's better than a tape delayed it, nba finals so that that's it, it it certainly is uh next is will chamberlain uh center from 1960 to 73 uh only one mvp which is kind of i mean uh i have realized that but it was like oh yeah only only one time mvp um uh seven time all nba first teams though uh three time on the second team uh second all time in win shares and third win shares per 48 uh most rebounds of all time was the leading scorer of all time when he retired of course been passed by kareem and a couple other people now um, and, um, despite not having the same kind of team success, uh, as Bill Russell, uh, still, you know, led two amazing, um, teams, two of the greatest individual one season teams in history, um, two championships and, you know, and had a wonderful career. Yeah. Uh, well, it's uh, not, no argument for Walt ever. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a shoe in forever. So. Yeah. And, and maybe most dominant player, um, if you consider how just he, smashed his era of all sure. time he's certainly in that in that conversation yeah yeah it, it, uh, it, it's gonna be very hard for you to make an argument against will so yeah i will not so you can go ahead uh here's an, another one that might we'll have a little bit of discussion is uh bob Cousy, who um point guard for the uh er, helped lead the early boston celtics dynasty played from 51 to 63 was a uh one-time mvp 10-time all nba first team twice on the second team but another guy who's advanced statistics um not so great 99th all-time in win shares 145th in win shares for 48 uh what did you find you know kind of delving deep into into his career yeah uh, similar to elgin baylor and and almost on a bigger sense is, is, is Kuzi's shooting really, 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 really hurts, <laughs> you know, in, in terms of these sort of stats and win shares, win shares per 48. And, you, you know, you kind of get paused for a second and go, okay, look, you know, on an overall sense, 
yeah, you know, point guards that day, you know, guards that day, you know, they weren't great shooters. They weren't really told to shoot as much or whatever. So what I wanted to do, though, was kind of look at who's he compared with other guards of his era. So I did pre-70 uh, guards and, and sort of looked at them. And he grades out a little bit better, you, you know, in that class. He, he's sixth in win shares among those, uh, tenth in uh, win shares per 48. But that data set is only out of 18. So we're talking still, you, you know, and, and these are these are, you know, high caliber guards. I, I should preface i'm not doing every single guard you know pre-70s but ones that had you know high high win shares but uh yeah what's what's interesting though is he's 18th in this data set in, in field goal percentage so that's dead last uh he's seventh in free throw percentage so he really struggles from that sense of, of just the shooting is not good and, and and it's bad even for his era and it's bad comparable to his position and all that sort of stuff uh when you look at guards with 90 percent uh 90 plus uh career win shares so again that's no slouch that's a lot of win shares but when you look at that, Kuzi, he's 32nd in win shares among that. Uh, he's 34th, which is last in, in field goal percentage, 14th in points per game, and then uh, 9th in assists per game. So he, it's interesting. He never really quite, he doesn't really, from pure, you know, from an analytical standpoint and that sort of stuff, he doesn't rise above guards, you know, pre-1970. He doesn't rise above guards of his era. He doesn't rise above, you know, elite level guards, but he's an elite level guard. So you sort of get into that weird thing. Like, you know, I mentioned like 90 plus career win shares for a guard you know, Kuzi's in that class and that's still worth something. So, so it's still, but it's interesting of, of, is he an elite of that group and, and sort of how do we judge him based off this? I mean, again, by pure, you know, influence and pure looking at the list and going, yeah, it's got it. Bob Kuzi has to be on the list or whatever, but he's another one that when you kind of dig into it, the advanced stats a little bit and look at it, you go, huh? I, I mean, I don't really know. Um, he never had a win share season above 10 or even nine. So that's, that's pretty interesting as well that, you know, he, he sort of was always okay, you know, always really good, but never really elite or great. Uh, historically bad field goal percentage definitely hurt some stat wise. Uh, and a few other things above guard uh, among guards with 50 plus career win shares. Uh, Kuzi is second to last. It's 123rd uh, among guards, you know, with that 50 plus career win shares and field goal percentage. Uh, only Andy Phillips, uh, 38% is uh, worse. So that's, Andy, uh, Andy. that's, not a great class to keep. And then, um, yeah, you know, I sort of wanted to look a little bit at, at guards of that area as well, because you sort of brought up a question. And, and it's a good one as well, is that we're, was poor shooting sort of typical from guards at the time? And and should we really, you know, take that against Kuzi if, if you know, whatever, you know, stuff like that. And I, I, I yes or no is kind of what I came up with. Um, and there are plenty of guards who had worse percentages than him. But uh, he's still 59th among guards who played 250 more games during his era. So that's 51 to 70. And then he's a little worse. So it's sort of where he ranks in terms of field goal percentage again amongst guards of his era, which is, you know, 51 to 70. Uh, he's a little worse than Guy Rogers and a little bit better than uh, Al Bianchi. So he's kind of in that. It's it, it's interesting. And then if we look at uh, true shooting percentage, which actually takes into account uh, free throw shooting, uh, it, it bumps Kuzi up to 50th out of uh, 59th or, or, or up from – 59. So again, it's interesting. I mean, how much do we sort of, because I think it's hard to have a list, you know, a top 50 list without Bob Cousy, but you look at some stuff like that and, and, and how much do we weigh sort of advanced stats? How much do we weigh shooting efficiency and, and that sort of stuff when we make this list? Cause I, I really don't know. And that's going to be something we might have to tackle, you know, as we go on here, but it was very interesting to see him sort of reveal himself when we started doing this you know, yeah. uh, research. So, I, and I think the comparison to guys who whose contemporaries is the most interesting because, yeah, I mean, you're not you can't really judge him by modern standards. To, to oh, no, no, I mean, no, I mean yeah. some of these advanced sets sort of balance that a little bit, so there you can do some apples to apples comparisons at least to a degree. But, yeah, um, I mean, I would again, yeah, obviously, I would lean toward putting him in, but it, this does give me a little bit of pause. I'm like, huh, you know, it, you know, um. What does that mean? What else do I need to understand about Bob Cousy to, um, you know, before, you know, while while considering all these different factors? 
All right, and uh, next we have Julius Irving, who uh, small forward played from 1972 to 87, um, mostly with the 76ers. Uh, had one uh, NBA MVP and three ABA MVPs. Uh, combined has uh, nine um, all NBA and, and ABA first teams and uh, three uh, second teams. Uh, 12th all-time in win shares and 25th in uh, win shares per 48. In addition, of course, it just has um, tremendous um, influence and style and imagination as one of the great uh, uh, dunkers in NBA history, particularly for his time. Yeah, there, there's not a top 50 list without Julius Irving. I mean, that that's just a, a no-brainer, absolute no-brainer. Yeah, uh, he even rates a little bit better than I expected in the advanced uh, metrics. Um, yeah, I was I was kind of surprised too. I thought he would be kind of one of those, and we've we've seen this throughout the process, and we'll talk you know more in, in future episodes about this. Is a lot of the, those guys that we consider the shooting guards or the the guards that could shoot or the guard forwards that could shoot or whatever. Those guys tend to be you know in advanced stats, especially you know in the era that that Irving played. A lot of those guys tend to be not rated nearly as well as we would sort of think or hope or that would points per game would tell us or whatever. But not Irving. I mean he he checks out in in win shares, he checks out in win shares per 48, he checks out in true shooting, he tries just everything you can kind of think of. So yeah, like he he's an absolute absolute no-brainer for this list. Yeah. Uh next is uh John Havlicek, a shooting guard and small forward Played from 63 to 78, um, four times on the All-NBA first team, seven times on the second team, had a lot of longevity, particularly for uh, the era that he played, um, and um, 34th in win shares, 161st in win shares for 48, so that's not as strong, and I know you kind of had some issues with um, maybe having him be a definite uh, on the list. Yeah, I, I think you can make a, a somewhat of a case for him and maybe it's not a definite, you, you know, maybe we just move him down to, you know, one of the likely or, or, or one that we kind of talk a little bit later about, but yeah, the, the, the advanced numbers don't jump out for Havlicek and, and it's not just strictly because of his numbers or his minutes, because you look at, you know, the win shares per 48. And like I said, it, or you said, you know, once uh, 161st in, in that category, he actually does better in pure win shares than he does when you do it by minute based um, in comparison to league. I, I did it also, uh, Pierce of the league, uh, 19, uh, pre 1979. So looking at kind of the league before him to see sort of how he ranked among those, uh, this is guards and forwards. Of course, he's 17th in uh, field goal percentage. He's 20th in true shooting 24th in win shares per 48 and eighth in win shares. So while that's pretty good, it's, I, it's tough to say, cause that's strictly, you know, pre 1979, just his position. And, and he's not, jumping off the board on those but he's at least above average so there's something there um the first seven years of his career he had no win shares years above uh nine then he had four straights uh from 69 to 73 followed by five more under 10 so it, it's interesting he had a super high peak but took a while to get there um and then once he got there he was there for a little bit and then he kind of fell down again it was just sort of okay but you know doing this and, and, and looking at it he's a guy that i've sort of wavered on as i've gone like and when you're first done, I said, oh, I don't know, maybe we can kind of put him on the maybe list or a guy to look at. Then I look at that peak. I mean, that peak was spectacular, the one that he had. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. And the criteria we're using is is it, it rewards a guy who, A, is on winning teams, which, of course, Havlicek was. You know, a big part of title teams, of course, Havlicek was. And then a guy who had a spectacular peak but didn't fall completely off a cliff. And I think that describes Havlicek in a lot of ways. 
Is he a guy that I would say is a shoo-in? I don't know if he's a shoo-in, but is he a guy when it's all said and done that that probably will still make the list? I, I do think so, but I at least think there's some sort of – we can bring him up in sort of an argument before we immediately just say, no doubter, he's definitely in. And, and that, that's basically all I wanted to – I'm not, not I'm not striking him off the list immediately, but a guy that at least we could probably discuss or, or look at a little bit further if we wanted to. Yeah, and I think that's right. I think the one thing that, you know, his first four or five seasons, he came off the bench, um, you know, as the sixth man yeah. for the um, so that so that does deflate those win share. To, I mean, he probably would have been able to contribute more had he been given the chance to do so. But then again, he did. You know, he contributed quite a bit, you know, in his in his older years as well. Um so, um, you know, it, it being a part of that team might deflate, um, that his totals a little bit, although his totals overall are very strong because he has such a long career. So it, it, yeah, it's kind of an interesting mix of things. I, I think, I, I think that's fair that, you know, maybe moving him to like very likely as opposed to absolutely in is, is a fair thing, even though he does check that box of, you know, of, um, you know, the, as, as far as the things that we kind of said for shoe ins, but I, I think you know, looking at him a little more, I think is absolutely fair. Um, next, we have Magic Johnson, um, who um, is is in. Uh, <laughs> I think I uh, think he is. Yeah, he's definitely in. Uh, played uh, point guard. <laughs> Actually, uh, he was listed as a shooting guard his first four seasons, which I thought was interesting. Norm Nixon, you know, being the uh, point guard, which I knew they shared duty. played from 80 to 91 um and then made really in 96 in which he played power forward so a lot of versatility there of course um famously yeah. he you know started game seven or game six of the 980 finals at center uh three-time mvp nine-time all nba first team once on the second team uh was 23rd in win shares um and eighth in win shares for 48 um you know obviously one of the greats along with bird um uh you know led the the nba to explode in popularity not much needs to be said. Five championships, uh, I believe, nine finals appearances in his career in in just uh, twelve seasons. So, um, so good stuff. Yeah, he he's in. I don't think I don't think you're gonna get much of an argument here. Ever. Yeah. So yeah. Speaking of not much of an argument, Michael Jordan. <laughs> oh, I don't know uh, about that. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, this is gonna be the hot take of the day. Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Shooting guard from '85 to 2003. He did miss almost five seasons in the midst of uh, those, but a um, five-time MVP. Also, was once Defensive Player of the Year. Ten-time All NBA First Team. Uh, once uh, Second Team. Um, uh, fourth in win shares all time, and first in win shares for 48. Uh, many people's choice for greatest NBA player of all time. He's certainly, um, you know, the the favorite in that conversation. So, uh, he's in. Yes. <laughs> no, I don't think we need to spend any moments on him. Yes. Yes. Uh, Carl Malone, um, power forward from 1986-2004, two-time MVP. One of those might have been a little little sketchy, but, you know, he was still, he was very good that year, very close to Jordan's level. Uh, 11-time All-NBA first team, twice in the second team, once in the third team, third all-time in win shares, 18th in win shares per 48 um you know tremendous longevity one of those guys who um managed to be still be a really great player in his late 30s um really only competing with like duncan and um and kareem as far as guys who were still really great at at that level so late in their career um you know another amazing player yeah, great peak, great longevity. I think a lot of ways the longevity is, is spectacular for him. I mean, you're talking about a guy who really never, 
I mean, we had that, you know, obviously that one Lakers season, you know, the ill-fated Lakers season. But even then, he was still really, I mean, like, here's a guy who realistically probably could go, have went a few more years if he really, really wanted to. But he didn't. He kind of left, you know, not, I won't say on top, but but semi on top. And 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 just, yeah, from peak, from longevity, Carmelo ticks all the boxes. Just absolutely a shoe-in a shoe sure thing for this top 50. Yeah, I mean, he suffered, you know, that injury that year that basically ended his career. Or, yeah, know, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he came back, but yeah, it, with it, the, other than that, I mean, and he was also almost never hurt his entire career. Uh, exactly, yeah, that's, a, that's another thing that's just spectacular. You look at, you know, I, I was firing up earlier and looking at his, his, his games and game starter or whatever. You look at this year's in 81, 82, 82, 80, 82, 82, 81, 82, 82, 82, 82, 82, 81, 49, lockout, 82, 81, 80, 81 and then 42 even in his final year of like just unbelievable like long uh, of you don't see i mean that that's just even the most healthy guys that still just seems insane to have that record of for up until his 40 year is his age 40 year and then just kind of aged gracefully and just kind of went away and he's a guy that i could have seen going going until he's like 43 if he really wanted to and and but hey and he wrestled. He, I mean, you and I are going to put him extra on the list for his, his absolutely. Yeah. WCW Bash at the Beach '98. I mean, that's uh, you know, I, I've, a friend of Diamond Dallas Page is a friend of mine. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. So next we have uh, Moses Malone, um, center did from not 19- wrestle. No, did <laughs> not, not in wrestle. WCW. That yeah. I know of. Yeah. Um, you know, he could have. He was. He, he Maybe was, got into uh, Houston. He might have went into Houston territory. He might have been uh, him and Paul Posh might have done a few. Uh, Oh, you're you're losing a lot of our fans right now, Rich. I know. No, well, no. Some of them, I, I've gained some of them, okay. and it's just people that <laughs> know us from our our previous lives or my other life. But yeah, everybody else is gone, so that's fine. I'll I'll just stop talking now. All right, um, center from 1975 <laughs> to 1995, another guy with tremendous longevity. Although toward the end of his career, he yeah, um, last three years didn't play much. Um, Three-time NBA MVP, uh, four-time All-NBA first team, four-time on the second team, so, so slightly below the standards of the, the five and ten rule. But, uh, I mean, those three MVPs, it's, it's very close, and those three MVPs certainly, you know, put it up there. Uh, 13th in win shares, uh, 49th in win shares for 48, which is a little bit lower than I would have expected. Um and yeah, I, again, a, a slightly shorter peak than I would have thought, but it was a tremendous peak. And, um, you know, uh, he, he was for when he was dominant, he was really dominant. Yeah, absolutely. He, he's, he's a guy that, I mean, we talk about shoe wins and there's some guys that are no doubters. Moses, you kind of have to stop for a second, sort of look at the stuff. And, and, but once you're done doing that, it, it, he's, he's a guy that absolutely should be in there, deserves to be in there, and a guy that 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 I don't think anybody's going to really make a strong argument that that he needs to be you know removed or, or thought about even at a further level. I think he's a he's a pretty good end. Yeah. Um, next is George Mikan, uh, center for um, the Minneapolis Lakers from forty nine to fifty six. Uh, was a six-time All-NBA uh, first team, also the 1948 NBL MVP, which was one of the two leagues that merged to form the NBA. Uh, there, there was no NBA MVP until after he retired. Otherwise he would have won multiple MVPs, uh, yes. one, uh, five titles in six seasons in the NBA plus a NBL title in 48. Um, he is, uh, 65th in win shares total, but if he had played enough minutes to qualify, he would be third in win shares for 48. Um, the only 
thing that you could ever say is a negative for him is like, okay, he probably wouldn't be able to play in the modern game or really even a, a few years later, you know, once the shot clock was happening, uh, it would have been more difficult for him and more, obviously more athletic guys are coming in like Bill Russell and, and so forth. Um, so he retired probably at the right time, but I, first of all, who cares we're talking about guys, it's a terrible how, argument. Yeah. yeah. How they played when they played and, Second of all, I think a lot of these guys, you know, you give them modern training and, you know, and 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 things change a lot. But um, the greats are pretty much going to be the great no matter no matter what. But even so, I mean, yeah, just the he lacks the, you know, he didn't the, the only the only other issue is the longevity, but he just dominated the league when he played. So I think he's he's absolutely a shoe in for me. Yeah, for sure. I would say, you know, given given his era, given what he did in his era, I mean, that that's that's very important. And we mentioned that at the top of the show that that's going to be something we're going to have to wrestle with. But the idea that we're judging this off of what guys can do in today's game or, or you know, out of their era or even, you know, a guy like like you said with Mike and it could be 10 years earlier or whatever. We can't hold that against the guys. The guys can only play in the era they play in. Things are I mean. My guy, that, that's such a silly, silly argument because then the, to me, if we did that argument, this entire list would be just the current guys. Because I think, I mean, when you talk about modern, you know, modern medicine, modern nutrition, the modern game, the, these guys very brought up to, you know, I mean, it, 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 there's so many factors in there that, yeah, it, it's it's insane. I mean, LeBron James would score 170 points if he played in Mikan's era or whatever, and Mikan might not get off the bench in today's era. That doesn't make Mikan any less great for his era. I mean, he dominated, you can only dominate the era that you're in. You can only play in the era that you played in, you know? So that argument where we have to kind of, Oh, well, what would you do in this era? And what would you do in that era? That's silly. I mean, we have these stats and, and a few of them do sort of, they account for league averages and stuff. So that helps us a little bit as, okay, you know, what was the league, you know, field goal percentage at the time? What was the league average points per game? You know, those sort of help us judge era, you know, to an extent, but still a guy like Mike's case, dominated when he dominated dominated in the era he played that's all you can ask for i mean we can't extrapolate him to to any other era or any other thing like that so that that argument is silly and we will not be making that argument whatsoever we're gonna look at these guys in the era they played and judge them based off that versus anything else but mike is an absolute shoe in yeah uh for sure um and another shoe in um is shaquille o'neal uh center from 1993 through 2011 uh, was only four years into his career when he was named this list, but clearly proved that he belonged, you know, with the rest of his career. Uh, only only one MVP, um, although he had a couple of years where he um, certainly, um, um, you know, uh, merited that award. Um, maybe underachieved slightly because of his talent, but still had an amazing career. Um, eight all NBA first teams uh, two times in the second team, four times in the third team, uh, 11th in win shares, 14th in win shares for 48. Um, yeah, he, uh, of course, uh, led the Lakers to three straight NBA championships. Um, uh, great stuff. Yeah. In your mind, if he uh, <clears throat> retired or some horrible injury happened to him immediately after that year when he was, he was named in the top 50, would you would you still consider him a worthy one, or would that be one where you kind of laugh at and go, "Oh my God, they really you know jumped the gun on that"? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it, if he had retired <laughs> like right at that moment, I don't think that would quite be enough. Um, you know, if he had, um, um, I don't know. I I mean, I think he if he at least like had had played like let's say through like two thousand two thousand one and had a couple mm-hmm. of those championships, I think he definitely yeah get get at least a title on yeah. it. 
Right, because he, I mean, he was really, really, you know, he, he had a couple of down years, uh, relatively down years in Orlando. He dealt with some injuries and wasn't quite as great, and it took a little bit for him to kind of get back to, like, those peak levels. But those years, I mean, he was just, <clears throat> you know, incredible in, in the regular season, and particularly in the finals and in the playoffs. I mean, he just, I mean, he just kicked everyone's ass. So, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I, I don't know exactly what which I would say, oh, yeah, Shaq's definitely in, but definitely by that Lakers time, if not even maybe a couple seasons before then, just because of, you know, uh, that level of performance for that number of years. Sure. So, so NBA lucked out, but yeah, I, I it, it could have been, it could have gone real south uh, by naming him already, but, but I get it. I mean, he, he's, he was, he was a dominant player at that point, a very marketable player, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, he only strengthened his resume in the next, you know, five years and then you know even even more in the next 10 so yeah i, I absolutely eschew and absolutely deserves to be on the list and and will not be a debate about you know keeping him on for sure he's he's, he's in and in, in forever yeah um next we have akim olajuwon uh played from 85 to 2002 uh one mvp twice defensive player of the year uh, six-time All-NBA first team, three-time second team, three-time third team, 20th in win shares, and 43rd in win shares for 48. You know, interestingly enough, he's behind Shaq in both those categories, and that's not necessarily something I would have um, no, not at expected all. going in. Yeah, uh, and well behind in the win shares for 48. I mean, he's <clears> just, I mean, he's slightly below, um, yeah, uh, what I would have expected. He's, he's below um, Shaq, and he's below David Robinson in that um, in that category. Um, and it may be viewed as the best player of all those guys. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure exactly. Maybe, maybe yeah, I, I would, I don't know, but no, see, I would, I would put Hakeem better. And I think one of the problems, and, and this is where you, you get some issues with, with, you know, a win shares or win shares for 48 or whatever is that Shaq. Well, yeah, I, I would definitely take Hakeem as well, but they really heavily in terms of efficiency and field goal percentage or whatever. And there was few better than Shaq at that. I mean, that, that guy could, pretty much anytime he wanted to put the ball in the basket and, and really didn't get any sort of, and I, we're talking about Hakeem and, and Dave Robinson, obviously they were fantastic at it as well, but Shaq is one of the all time greats at that. I mean, you, you look at his field goal percentage and it's just stunning how good he was at just, you know, he, he just, guy just did not miss many shots. So that those stats in a lot of ways will probably overrate him a little bit because of that. And then you can make the argument. Okay. Is he, I mean, personally, if I was picking a team, I'd probably get Hakeem, but man, that those, in the early 2000s, there was, I mean, the, those Shaq, I mean, when, when when there was just no other competent big men in there, I mean, just nobody could stop Shaquille O'Neal in that yeah. era. In, in the I Western mean, even Conference, good so. big men, yeah, even, even great big men couldn't stop him. I mean, he was just no, he was I amazing. Mean, yeah. He was a force. Um, so, right. Uh, you can't hard, really go yeah. wrong with any of those three. I, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I will, and, uh, and I, I will flip. Yeah, Hakeem had his years where I mean he played well, but he had you know a little bit of a reputation as as a as a head case and a little bit like or as, you know, maybe more just a guy who was difficult to deal with and maybe wasn't trying his hardest and you know he nearly got traded from Houston at one point um, in the early '90s I believe so you know he had kind of his his demerits as well um, despite mm -hmm. obviously his great success and his great reputation now but just sort of interesting the perception of the two versus the production of the two maybe I'm wrong on that maybe Shaq is I I, I guess I maybe I'm clouded a little bit by what happened in the 90s with a lot you know uh, the Rockets sweeping the magic pretty easily and, and Hakeem you know outplaying Shaq in that series I don't know mm -hmm. the numbers offhand but um, but maybe that's maybe that's a little bit of a part of it but um, anyway just this interesting stuff um next is bob pettit um power forward and centered played from 55 to 65 twice mvp including the very first nba mvp 
Uh, 10 time all NBA first team, one time second team, 31st in win shares, 11th in win shares for 48. I think he's probably the player of his era who is the um, most un unremembered. Um, I mean, underrated, I hate that word. It probably does fit here just because, um, you know, Russell is so well remembered and, and will obviously, and um, Jerry West and Baylor to an extent, but Pettit was right at that level with all those guys pretty much and won a championship, beat the, uh, beat the, the Celtics in the second year of their dynasty. Um, you know, some great stuff, but isn't necessarily thought of in those terms because he didn't play for, you know, a, a team that's kind of viewed as a marquee team. And yeah, well, like you said, those other guys are kind of like, you know, basketball history icons and NBA icons and Pettit's not. He's just definitely yeah. on that. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't, underrated might not be the word. I, I don't know what the, the word would be. But, yeah, those rest of those guys you name. And most people, even the most casual basketball fans, are going to know him. If you mentioned Bob Pettit, I, I could see a realistic thing where a lot of people would go, uh, who, "Who did he play for? Like, where? When did he play? Like, I can honestly see that. Like, if I, if you know, a bunch of my friends would probably have very little idea about the history of Bob Pettit and where he played and what he did. So, yeah, I think there is some some credence to what you're talking about. It that he's he's sort of below that icon status, even though you know he probably shouldn't be. I mean, he's every bit as good as all those guys. So, yeah. I, I mean, maybe maybe on a, a, a little bit different level than you know a Russell or whatever, but but right up there for sure. Sure, sure. Um, and uh, next is Oscar Robertson, um, point guard from '61 to '74 for the Royals and the Bucks. Um, Pettit played for the Hawks, by the way, St. Louis Hawks. Well, for his first years in Milwaukee, the rest of the time was the St. Louis Hawks. Yeah, um, Robertson had one MVP. Um, Nine-time All-NBA first team, two times in the second team, forced famously average a season with uh, with a triple-double. Tenth uh, in win shares all-time, 16th in win shares per 48, other than Magic Johnson, probably the greatest point guard of all time. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, tremendous player. Another one of those, you know, great 60s players who's still remembered um, ahead of Pettit, although, you know, tremendous player. So, yeah, yeah, anything more? Yeah, he grades out well in, in, in basically everything you can look at. I mean, in terms of just rate stats, icon status, you know, awards, everything. I mean, winning the MVP. And then, uh, you know, the advanced stats, they like him as well. I mean, he's a guy who 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 shot, uh, you know, quite a lot, but was efficient at it and and, and worked. And, and yeah, of course, the assists and the, the, the triple-double and, and all that sort of stuff. I mean, the guy, yeah, he, he's a shoe-in for this and absolutely one, you know, an iconic NBA player and one of the best, easily a top 50 all-time player. Yeah, yeah. Um, next is Bill Russell, uh, center from 1957 to 69 with the Celtics, uh, won 11 titles in three years, uh, <laughs> five time MVP, although only three time all NBA first team, um, because the players voted for MVP until 79, I think. And the media did the all NBA voting. So that was different people choosing, uh, eight times on the, on the second team, um, also was 10 and 0 in game sevens and five and 0 in finals game seven. <laughs> um, nine. It's just, uh, it's ridiculous. Like, yeah. come on. You can't lose one. You can't like, like just one. No, no, no. Gotta, gotta just win every single one of them. So that's, it's incredible. And we and, talked about it at length in our game seven series. I mean, he kept coming up and it was like, Oh God, the Celtics, but they kept winning. So, yeah. And, um, you know, uh, even though he was no more as a defensive player than an offensive player, he's still 19th in win shares and 24th in win shares per 48. Um, uh, so, yeah, uh, I mean, you can't not, not too much more to say about Bill Russell, but no. Yeah, we'd be uh, be wasting everyone's time if we uh, 
spent time <laughs> discussing the merits of Bill Russell. I mean, the, the sure. guy, you know, we know, we all know he's, he's a top 50 player and will never be left off a list. There's no scenario where you take him off, uh, you know, a top 50 NBA list and ever all time. Never. He's there. Yeah. Uh, Dolph Shays, uh, power forward from 1950 to 64 with the uh, Syracuse Nationals. Um, a six-time All-NBA first team, six-time on the uh, second team, uh, 29th in win shares, 26th in win shares for 48, so very good in uh, those ways. One of the early stars, uh, maybe a guy a little bit forgotten, you know, kind of behind um, uh, behind Kuzi and behind Mikan, but, uh, you know, with them on, you know, on their level. One uh, championship in uh, 55, went to another finals or two as well. Um just a, a you know a great player probably doesn't help that his team doesn't exist anymore or, or you know they're the philadelphia 76ers now so um that might be a thing with pettit too with moving from st louis to atlanta you sort of lose yeah. your you know you don't have the that's same a really good point. team yeah yeah that's a really good point that yeah there's not that installed like you, you know basketball legacy or you, you know there's guys we'll, we'll talk about later like a west west unseld is like Washington basketball, even though, you know, they've changed from the bullets to the wizards or whatever. When you think Washington basketball, he's an icon, you know, an iconic figure, an icon in Washington basketball. Yeah. Bob Pettit's sort of a, without a, and, and, and Dolph Shays is the same way too. Yeah. So I, I could definitely see that. I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you. And uh, last, but certainly not least is Jerry West. Uh, the logo. We can't keep yes. the logo out. I mean, come we, on. That'd be we, ridiculous. We cannot. He played uh, point guard and shooting guard uh, from 1961 to 74, 10 times on the All-NBA first team, uh, two times uh, on the second team, uh, 21st in win shares and 10th in win shares per 48. Yeah, it does well. Yeah. Um, I was surprised. I thought he did better on the uh, the, the advanced stats than I thought he would, and that's you know no, no slight against him, but you know we, we're going through this you know, series and there's guys that I think of and I go, Oh, you know, there's, here's a guy where, where the advanced stats are definitely going to think he's not as good. And, oh, no, nope, they think he's better. Okay. never mind. Look, that's, and that's fine. That's good. That's why we're doing this exploration. That's why it's fun. But yeah, I thought Jerry West would get docked a little bit uh, by advanced stats. Just, just kind of a, an opinion coming in, but they weren't at all. So, Hey, <laughs> go, go him. And that's, I, I'm glad to see, but yeah, there, there's, there's no top 50 list without the logo. That'd just be ridiculous. Yeah. Unless, of course, they change the logo, but I don't think they're going to do that. And then we can take them off. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> right, right. I... Anthony Davis. Anthony, the, the Anthony Davis logo that they're they're rolling out next year, I'm sure, <laughs> yes. to, get, well, to anticipate he, the future. Of... He might be the next guy. Yeah, you never, you never know. He might be. <laughs> you know, by the time he's done, maybe we'll be, you know, maybe, maybe when we do this, uh, you know, in, in 10 years again, maybe we'll be calling yeah. for him to be the uh, actual logo. But, um, <laughs> so, yeah, so... Uh, so we're, you know, we're excited to uh, do this project. We've got some great shows coming up with uh, Curtis Harris, where we're going to go through uh, all the rest of the uh, top 50 uh, players on the list and kind of go break break down their, you know, strengths and weaknesses and where we kind of see they see them standing. And uh, then after that, we're going to uh, try to get um, get guests from all over the basketball world to talk to with us about. Um, newer players and you know their cases for being on the list or not being on the list um we're going to talk more about you know kind of looking at what stats are best to look at we're going to try to talk to historians we're going to try to talk to everybody we can to um 
uh, to just get you know as many points of view as we can, get as many cases, talk about uh, as many guys as we can, and uh, by the end of it, you know, we're gonna try to come up with our own uh, top fifty list and 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 see how we do. And uh, at the very least, it's gonna be a lot of uh, fun exploring the uh, fun exploring the past as we like to do on the show. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I definitely am, and I think this is gonna be a fun examination. And like you said, one one of the biggest things that we want to do is 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 get other voices in here, get other people, get other people's opinions. I mean, cover every facet of every possible guy we can, you, you know, or, and, and do everything we can and do our due diligence, just not to throw out a list there and go, yeah, this is our list, but to really, really research and really feel at the end, super, super comfortable about the list we have. Not saying it's the definitive list, not saying that every other list is awful. And then, you know, this is, this is the one for sure. But, but I want to feel, I, I wouldn't feel right if we just, you and I just decided, Hey, let's just come up with the top 50. I want, I want to get a ton of different voices and I'd be interested to see what, what, what other people think as well of, of what their top 50 would be. If, if, you know, if you, if some, if we were to ask, hey, what's your top fifty? And and because I think what what comes of it, and what we found is coming of it is is you talk. I mean, you're you're researching these guys. You're looking it up. You're looking at where they fit historically. You're looking at rankings. You're looking at stats. You're reading, you know, articles. Like th this is probably and and hopefully will be the most exhaustive sort of research and exhaustive, you know, set of podcasts we've ever done. But that's exactly what we want this to. I mean, that that's the fun of this. And hopefully other people find the fun in this too is like, okay, look, we have the off season. We got some time. I have to worry about current games. Let's go read about the hit pass. Let's go look at stats. Let's go run some numbers on guys. Let's go. There's just so much stuff you can do here and so much fun that can be had by looking at, you know, the past and, and looking at the great past as well. I mean, looking at, you know, the historically great players and figuring out who's on that great, great list. Versus just, I mean, there's a lot of fun in that. I, I enjoy it, and I hope other people enjoy it too. But I think it's going to be a great series, and I can't wait to see how it uh, how it all unfolds when it's all said and done. So yeah, for sure. So and yeah, I mean, we're you know we're up in the air on you know we haven't really sat down and looked at like all our choices and seen you know who um very know, fluid who, yeah yeah I mean we obviously these guys will be on and you know there's a few other current players who are definitely going to be on but there's yeah there's going to be a lot of spots that are open and. You know, we're going to I'm going to try to, you know, keep it to as late as possible to kind of make those decisions and weigh as many things as possible and, you know, just see what we can what we can figure out. So, um, yeah. So uh, thanks, everyone, for checking us out. We'll be back with more shows on, on this topic soon. You can uh, find us at uh, hardwoodparoxysm.com. We're uh, part of the Podium Game Network uh, there. You can uh, find us on iTunes if you search for uh, Hardwood Paroxysm. Uh, we're part of the, part of the other great shows that are on that network, um, and uh, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Over and Back NBA, and um, uh, yeah, just uh, you know, give us any comments uh, that that anything that um, you know you want us to talk about or any feedback, we would uh, greatly appreciate it. Rich, is there anything I'm forgetting? No, and and if you want to be a guest too, if you if you think, hey, I'm worthy to be a guest, there's this guy I want to talk about. That's something we, as Jason mentioned, we're going to talk about a lot of players, a lot of post 1997 players as well. And if you are the, if you think you're the definitive, you know, resource on Kevin Garnett or whatever, or Tim Duncan or whatever, we'd love to hear from you. I mean, we, you know, we have a little pool of guys that we want to interview and we want to talk to. Maybe we're missing somebody. If you say, hey, you you can't talk about Kevin Garnett without talking to me, we'd love to have you on. I mean, that's going to be one of the biggest things here. Is 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 participation among you know people on Twitter and 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 getting different guests and getting to 
to talk to different voices. I mean, you and I have our opinion, but it'd be great to get other people out here to say, no, 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 here's, here's how it really is, or here's what I think. And here's, you know, there's just a lot more fun in that. So, so absolutely. If you think you're worthy or, or that you'd like to be a guest or, or do something, hit us up on Twitter. We'll, we'll absolutely add you to list and, and can't guarantee anything, but there, there's a lot we can do there and it, it, it's going to be fun. So absolutely over and back NBA, if you want to hit us up on Twitter. And I think otherwise, Jason, you nailed it all. All right. Sounds great. So everyone, uh, we'll be back soon. So see you later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com.